0: We have with us tonight Abraham himself, the father of the Jewish nation. Welcome, Abraham. You know, if I had any living friends, I'm sure I'd be inviting them to this Christmas Eve service. Looks super cool. Very fun. Well, uh, my name was not always Abraham. I didn't get that name until I was 99 years old. Up until then, I was Abram. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But first, some, just some basics. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Ur. Actually, it wasn't back then. It was a big town. But, you know, today's standards, it was a little town. Kind of in modern-day Iraq, it was uh, the land of the Chaldeans. My father's name uh, is Terah. And I had two brothers, Haran and Nahor, and so we grew up in uh, Ur, and we all found wives there. Uh, My beautiful Sarai is from Ur. Nahor married uh, Milcah, and uh, Haran, well, Haran died young. He did get married. He had three children, Uh, but he died while we were still in Ur, and so my dad, unfortunately, had to... Bury one of his own. Quite tragic. He did manage to uh, have a son, Lot, and a couple of daughters. Well, Nahor, um, he also chose to remain uh, in Ur when my dad got the the itch to move. So uh, dad, and this was after Haran uh, had died, and I think dad wanted a new start. And so he said, let's go to the land of Canaan. And I said, all right, I'm in. And uh, dad took nephew Lot with him and Sarai and I tagged along and and all of our servants. And we headed to Canaan. Canaan was, uh, we we made it almost a thousand miles. So this was uh, no small journey. We were going to change our lives. But we never quite made it all the way to Canaan. Uh, We stopped outside at a a place called Haran. And there we established ourselves. I thought that's where I was going to just spend the rest of my life. My dad did. He died in Haran at the age of 205. So he had a big, a nice long life. And so there, that was our our town, and that's where we were going to live. But God had something different. At the age of 75, uh, God spoke to me. And he said, Abram? I want you to leave Haran, and I want you to go to a land that I'll show you. He didn't tell me where he wanted me to go. Uh, He just said, I want you to uproot yourself and follow me into the unknown. I want you to understand that I did not grow up uh, in the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, My father and uh, my grandfather, my ancestors in Ur served other gods. I was not a... A follower of Yahweh, uh, and yet he, he chose to call me, and he does that. In fact, he calls all people to follow him. And uh, God offered me something pretty amazing. First, it was a command, but it was, also, it was a command with a promise. Uh, many years later, Moses recorded God's promises to me in chapter 12 of his book, Genesis, And God said to me, I will make of you a great nation. Wow. And I will bless you. Wow. And I will make your name great. Wow. So that you will be a blessing. Wow. I'll bless those who bless you. Wow. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. Wow. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Double wow. What? The whole earth is going to be blessed through me? Well, these were promises too good to pass up and plus I wanted God in my life. And I said, okay. And so at the age of 75, Sarai and I uh, packed everything. We took Lot along with us and we, we headed out to the land God would show us. And he 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 took us deep into Canaan, and we wandered around in Canaan for a few years, but then a famine broke out upon the land, and we just couldn't live there anymore. It was was getting pretty uh, dire, and we heard that there was food in Egypt, and so we went down to Egypt. Uh, When we went to Egypt, I made a very uh, poor decision. I asked my wife to lie for me. It wasn't exactly, it was, a, it was a partial lie, but I was clearly being deceptive. And here's the deal. My wife, Sarai, was a beautiful woman. I mean, shockingly beautiful. Uh, you, you noticed her. And here she was. She was uh, you know, mid-60s, but she was gorgeous. We aged a little slower back then. And... Uh, and I was uh, quite concerned. I thought, you know what? These Egyptian men are going to want my wife, and they'll kill me to get her. And so I, I asked Sarai, when we're in Egypt, would you tell them you're my sister, and uh, don't tell them you're uh, my wife? Uh, and she was my half-sister, so that was, you know, kind of true. But I was, I was trying to be deceptive because I was afraid, and I wasn't trusting God to take care of us. Well, sure enough, word gets to Pharaoh there's a new hottie in the land, and uh, so he takes her for himself, and she, she comes and joins uh, Potiphar's household. Well, I'm very thankful that God was not okay with that, and so he, he sent some, some plagues and other bad things on Pharaoh's house, and as they tried to discover, you know, why are these bad things happening to Pharaoh's house, uh, it was uncovered that Sarai uh, was my wife, and so Pharaoh calls me in front of him, you know, why did you, why did you hide this from me? And I said, well, I was afraid. And so he kicked us out of the country. But not without wealth. Uh, our wealth had increased significantly while we were in Egypt. And so when we, when we got back to Canaan and we tried to go to the place we had been hanging out right before the famine... What Lot and I discovered is we no longer could live together because his uh, herds had grown and my herds had grown and his household had grown and my household had grown and now we couldn't occupy the same uh, place at the same time. Our our herdsmen uh, were fighting with each other. And so I said, look, Lot, where do you want to live? You get first choice, pick anywhere. And he chose the very fertile Jordan Valley and it was fertile. I mean, it was easy living, stuff grew uh, very easily there, but it actually turned out to be a very poor choice, because although the valley was fertile, the people were evil. That's where Sodom and Gomorrah lay, and you probably heard about them. Um, Sot went, uh, Lot went and settled in Sodom, but uh, many years later, God destroyed those towns with uh, fire and brimstone from heaven because they were so wicked and, and Lot ended up losing pretty much everything except his life and, and the life of some of his family members. Well, so that wasn't a good decision. I, I went up north and west and settled in a place called Hebron. So at this time, uh, we'd been wandering in Canaan. We'd been following the Lord for about five, six years. So I'm 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 around 80 years old at this time. And God speaks to me again. And he says, Abram, you don't need need to be afraid. I'm your shield, and I'm going to bless you greatly. Well, I was discouraged. Um, Sarai and I were very um, heartbroken at this time because, look, we had never been able to have children. Here I was, about eighty-five, six years old. Sarai's ten years younger, seventy-five, seventy-six. And although we aged slowly, we were aging, and uh, we wanted children. And so, when God had, in, back when we were in Haran, and God said, "Come, follow me. I'll make you a great nation," we had, we had hoped in our hearts that He was going to give us children, and then, and then we would, we'd have, we were hoping for lots of children. But no children had come, and we'd been following God for five, six years, and so. I said, Lord, how can you bless me? I don't have any kids. In other words, God, what I, what I thought you were promises, promising me and what Sarah and I were really hoping for were children, and, and there have been no children. And I said, so how can you bless me, Lord? Uh, Eleazar, my servant, he's going to inherit everything when I die. And God said, no, Eleazar will not inherit. You will have a son from your own loins. You'll have your own boy, and he'll inherit. Oh, that was so exciting to me. And uh, I believed, despite being 85 and Sarai being 75, I, I believed. And God saw my belief, and uh, he credited it to me as righteousness. And that's very important. You see, you've got to believe. Uh, you've got to have faith in whatever revelation God has given you. And so, my revelation was not all that great, The revelation you have, living in the New Testament era, is far greater. And therefore, the requirement of faith is greater. You have the gospel. You have the great news that God loved you enough to leave heaven in the person of Jesus Christ and go to the cross and die for your sin. And if you repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, your sins will be forgiven, taken away as far as the east is from the west, Remember no more. His Holy Spirit will indwell you, and when you die, He will take you to heaven to be with Him forever. That's the gospel. That's the revelation you have, and God uh, God expects and demands and uh, and asks you to believe and follow Him. So I didn't have that kind. I had very limited revelation, but I believed God, and He credited it to me as righteousness. And And, you know, I... Uh, hope was rekindled in Sarai's heart and my heart. We're going to have a son. Uh, well, another four or five years go past, and still no child. And, you know, I think, that, I think hope just died in Sarai's heart. She's 80 years old now, 79, and, uh, and I think she just gave up. That, you know what, God might still fulfill his promise to Abram, but, but maybe I'm not going to be a part of it. And so in, in that hopelessness, discouragement, I think, resignation to her lot in life, which uh, she assumed was barrenness, she came to me with a proposal and she said, Abram, as is custom, you can take one of my slave girls as your wife, as another wife, and any children born to, born to the slave girl will, I'll have a share in it. And so maybe maybe that's the way God wants to fulfill his promise. And so she offered me Hagar. Take Hagar as your wife. Have a child with Hagar. And uh, that that must be the way God wants to fulfill his promise to you. And I I agreed. I, I was perplexed at what the Lord was doing as well. And I thought maybe he needed some some help. And so... I took Hagar as my wife and uh, as another wife, and she got pregnant. You would think, wouldn't you, that Sarai would be happy. That's what she wanted, but no. When Hagar got pregnant, Sarai got angry. She was furious. Now, it didn't help that Hagar was, you know, despised her, her mistress in her heart when she when she saw that she got pregnant, whereas Sarai couldn't, well, then it became apparent to everybody where the problem lie, right? So maybe maybe Sarai thought, you know, hey, it takes two. Maybe it's Abraham's issue, not my issue, and I'm getting the bad rap, and it's Abraham. But anyways, when, when uh, Hagar got pregnant, we all knew that Sarai was barren, and that, that didn't go over well. So she was absolutely furious Life was so difficult with her that I finally just said, Look, Hagar is your servant, do with her as you wish. And Sarah, I banished her from the camp. She was still pregnant at the time, and she said, You leave. Well, praise the Lord. God God would not allow that. And he sustained Hagar in the wilderness and turned her back around and said, You go submit to your to your mistress and give birth to this baby. Ishmael, my firstborn son, I loved Ishmael, what a great kid. Uh, and I, I was thrilled to have Ishmael. Uh, Sarah wasn't as thrilled, but I was thrilled. It was my boy. And so for nine years, for nine years, I just assumed this is the son that God promised me. And, uh, and I, so I, I lived that way for nine years, and I loved him and, and gifts gave him my heart. But when I was 99 years old, God showed up again, age 99. And he said, Abram, a couple of things. First off, uh, we're going to change your name. What? Uh, You've been called Abram, which means uh, exalted father, but now you're going to be called... Okay, that's cool. Uh, And then he said, secondly, you're going to get circumcised. You and all the men in your camp, and what? He said, you know, I've entered into a covenant with you. I am your God, uh, and I, will, I am the God of all your offspring. And the sign of the covenant is circumcision. So today, you and all the boys in your house are going to get circumcised. So that was 99 for me. Uh, I got circumcised that day. And he said every uh, every son born, you know, everyone in your line, on day eight they'll be circumcised as well as a sign of the covenant. And then he said one more thing. I'm going to change Sarai's name as well. She shall no longer be called Sarai. She shall now be called Sarah, which means princess. And... And then he said, and she's going to give you a son. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. In fact, at first I said, God, why not Ishmael? You know, Ishmael's my boy. Why not? Why not? Why can't you just fulfill your promise to me through Ishmael? And God said, no. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's through Sarah. She's going to give you a son. See, God, we, we were one flesh and God's promise to me had had been to both of us the whole time. He hadn't forgotten about about Sarah at all. He said, no, Sarah is going to give birth to a boy for you. Well, um, I actually fell down laughing. <laughs> I mean, it was just preposterous. I'm 99 years old. Sarah, Sarah is 89 years old. And uh, although we age slowly, as I said, she had aged, and it was evident that she wasn't going to be having children, right? She it was evident, physically evident. She was done. And so this was miraculous territory, and, and I just, I literally fell down laughing. Well, a little while later, the Lord showed up again and reiterated his promise. And this time he said, it's going to be one year from now, Sarah will give birth to a boy. And, and Sarah was listening in from behind the tent, and she laughed in her heart. And I think her laugh, uh, yeah, it was a laugh of incredulity. Hold, how is this possible? But I think also a little bit of a laughter of, of uh, unbelief and bitterness. Why now? You know, this doesn't make any sense. God said, by the way, he said, when you name the uh, boy, call him Isaac, which means laughter. A little bit more about that. So a year later, a year later, just as God. Said Because when God makes a promise, when he says something, it's going to happen, what happens? It does, right? He fulfills his promises. So just as God said, uh, a year later, Sarah gives birth to a boy, and we name him Isaac, laughter. You know, I I think that that's very significant, uh, the laughter, because uh, we laughed with some unbelief in our heart. We laughed with... uh, Uh, a sense of, you know, how is this possible? And yet, I think what God, the reason God named Isaac laughter was because it's a laughter of joy, a laughter of celebration, a laughter of faith. I want to read what, uh, what it is that Sarah said. In uh, Genesis 21, verse 6, Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I've borne him a son in his old age. See how her laughter, uh, a laughter of kind of bitterness and unbelief was changed to a laughter of joy. And who would have said no one would have said. Only God would have said because it was total miracle territory. You know, God gave Sarah 37 more years of joy filled, faith filled laughter over Isaac. She lived till she was 127. I lived till I was 175. So I had 75 more years of faith filled, joy filled laughter in, in the presence of Isaac. We, we serve a good God, don't we? Good God who makes good promises and fulfills those good promises to us. Now Isaac, Isaac brought Sarah and me great joy. But he didn't really do anything. I mean, he was necessary. He was a necessary part of the chain. But he was not, he was a son of promise. Absolutely But he was not the son of promise. You see, God, if you remember, God had said he was going to make Nations out of me, and he was going to ultimately, uh, through my offspring, he was going to bless all the nations of the earth, and the the world had to wait two thousand more years for that son of promise to come. The apostle Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, uh, points out something uh, very significant about God's promise. He said, now promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, to your offspring, who is Christ. And that's true. God had, had, had said to me that it would be one of my offspring. So I knew there was a son of promise coming through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed And that is Jesus Christ. And so what's Christmas to me? Because that's what you've asked me to come and and talk about. Christmas to me is the miraculous birth of the long-awaited greater son of promise through whom all the nations of the earth are blessed. And how are the nations blessed? Well, that son of promise came from heaven. His father is God. My blood ran in him through through his mother, but it was a... It was a virgin birth, an even more miraculous birth than that of Isaac. And he, went, he lived a righteous life, and then he uh, laid his life down for you and for me. He hung upon the cross, and his blood paid the penalty for our sin. And so his death made a way for us to be reconciled to God. And those of us who repent of our sins and place our faith in God's Son, Jesus, our sins are forgiven. We are indwelt by his spirit, empowered to live a righteous life. And when we die, that same spirit that brought Jesus from the dead brings us from the dead as well to live with God forever and ever and ever. And so my question to you is, are you being blessed by that son of promise? God's heart is to bless all the nations of the world. But he doesn't force himself on us. He makes the offer. And here at Christmas time, he makes the offer of the gift of his son. It's available to you. You can be blessed by the greater son of promise, but you must believe. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If you are a follower of Christ, then during this Christmas season, I I, I really um, pray that you will um, enter into the laughter of joy. That is rightfully yours because the son of promise has been born. You have eternal life. You are reconciled to God, filled with his spirit. Sins are forgiven. Rejoice in that during this Christmas season. And if you're here tonight and you don't yet know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you are not yet being blessed in him, well, tonight can be the night. Every relationship has a starting point. God wants a relationship with you through his son. Will you have faith in his son? Embrace him as your Lord and Savior. You can do that right now. There aren't any magical words. You just pray the best you know how. God sees uh, your sincerity, your faith, and he will honor that with life everlasting. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.